This is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Earless Podcast, now with the Digitent Family Podcast. How's it going, guys? Hope you're having a wonderful week. Before we get started, check the show notes. Uh, roll it out every week, 60-minute live virtual rolling out classes. We actually have Sunday night and Tuesday night. So if you're here um, in America, uh, those times work for you. It's an evening class. Or if you are, um, or South America or Canada, but if you're on the other side of the world, there's a student portal and you can access these videos anytime. Subscription, uh, only $19 a month. It is like a really good deal if you really take advantage of it. So I'd love to see you there and, you know, in person get to get to know you guys. All right. Uh, lots of other stuff happening on the website too. I, I have um, six, six new freebies there for you to, guys to check out. All right, guys, this is Carolyn Griggs. This is her second time on the podcast. The first time she came on just to introduce herself. She's a, you know, 72-year-old aerialist, and uh, I had gotten to know her. She was on in February, and then a couple months ago, I saw on Facebook that she had suffered and survived a heart attack. So uh, I asked her to come back on to talk about her harrowing experience and and uh, how she's moving forward. So... Uh, you know, let's continue to get to know Carolyn. All right, guys, let's get started. So Carolyn has been on before, and we talked about how she started. She started Ariel at what age? Oh, Again? about 68 or 69, something like that. Yeah, and, and how she she was just welcomed with open arms by her studio and her classmates and how she how she found how she found it for herself and loves it. And then I don't know how long ago this was, and I'm going to have you tell the whole story. But uh, a while ago, you know, now that we're Facebook friends, I see that she announces to her Facebook friends that she suffered she suffered a heart attack. And, of course, uh, by the time she was talking how, about it. How had a heart attack? I know. Appa. So my pe- my dad just had a heart attack. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. Good, good. They, they had to go yeah, in and but, do laparoscopic and I change his stint. I was sick, too. Yeah, you were sick. So the, so the reason why we couldn't go to Hawaii with my parents is because he had a heart attack the week before. But, yeah. so it's very close to home. Two, um, of, two of us were sick. Yeah, then we got really sick when we came back. Can you let me do the, can I, you let me ask the questions? Is that okay? <laughs> to take care of me. Yeah, I had to take care of of, of a paw and the bean. <laughs> so by the time you were writing about it, it was clear that you had survived it. But, um, you know, it's been a little while and I was like, you know, I want to reach out to you again to tell your story because it is, uh, it is reality. And uh, it's, it's something that along with that dirty word called menopause, <laughs> Uh, we are not, um, like no one talks about it and then it hits you or, you know, and, and it's like, we don't know, we don't know enough about these experiences. So I'm going to mute ourselves. So Bean, uh, so Bean doesn't interrupt you, but I'd love for you to like, just go back and tell us a story and also how it felt, because I mean, this is something that we have not, I have not experienced in my life. So um, I'd love to hear okay. your, you want all the details story. <laughs> I want all we, 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 as in all of us, Ariel, so we want the details. And yeah. we're going to Chick-fil-A and Cube. We're going to Chick-fil-A later for lunch. And Cube and Chick-fil-A. 
Okay. okay, all right. We're going to listen to Carolyn, okay? Okay. All right. Okay, it was May 8th, a Monday, and I went to work, and during work, I climbed up in stairs, I don't know how many times during the day, and then after work, I went to Ariel, and that was my silks class, and I had a really good class. I had a really good time. Everything was great. I came home, ate dinner, ate pizza, and I started having weird feelings across my chest. It didn't hurt. It just felt really different and not right, like something was not right at all. So I told my son I wasn't feeling good. And he said, we both decided, well, let's play some games. So we played backgammon and a game of Scrabble. And when we finished, I said, I got to call 911. And he said, what for? I said, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. And still nothing hurt. It just, my chest felt like, really weird like it was like I was just not gonna be there much longer so I called 911 and they came and I was in the ambulance and my son went with me and he said I talked to them the whole time I answered their questions I was very coherent I got to the hospital I was answering their questions, and I don't remember anything past telling him I was calling 911. And apparently at the hospital, they did something and saw that my main artery was 100% blocked, and the next one was 70% blocked. Wow. And at the hospital, I had my heart attack there, and I actually was died and was dead for two minutes. But they were, wow. they were able, they ventilated me, you know, put in, intubated me where they put you on the ventilator. And they gave me blood thinners and the doctor there decided that I needed to go to their other hospital where they had all the cardiac specialists because he thought I needed open heart surgery. So they airlifted me there, which I don't remember any of this. This is all what's been told to me. They airlifted me there. And the doctor there said before he did open heart surgery, he wanted to try something else. So they went up my groin and did something with a pump and then did the other surgery later where they put two stents in my heart. And the next thing I knew, it was Wednesday evening. Of course, I didn't know when it was till I was told. But my daughter from New Jersey, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And my so when did when did were you playing Scrabble? What night of the week? A Monday. Monday. So Wednesday so, evening they brought me back to life, not to life, but to consciousness. They woke, you up. They woke me up. Yes. Okay. And my daughter from New Jersey was there, and my sister and her family from Florida were there. So I thought uh, something bad happened. But I was, oh, no. I was still intubated at that time, and I couldn't talk. And the next thing I remember is them taking that tube out of my throat. <laughs> that was awful. But I don't remember any of the rest. And apparently it's lucky I don't because all that stuff is really painful, I hear. And apparently I could hear, though, because my daughter said they had me my arms tied down. And when the doctor came in to say they were doing the next surgery, she said, I opened my eyes and made this, I could, 
made this really like ah, really crazy face, like no, no, no. <laughs> and then I closed my eyes again. And that was the first time she had seen any reaction from me at all. And then I was gone again. And so um when I woke up and everyone was there, they were all telling me bits and pieces what happened, but I still didn't really know. So I was in the hospital for a week. And apparently at the time I came in the hospital, my heart was only pumping out at 15%. And um, so when I got out of the hospital, before I got out, they did another echocardiogram and my heart was pumping at 30 to 35%. And they wanted it at least 40%. So I had to wear this thing called a life vest and it's got all these monitors on you. So if your heart, the, the heart attack I had was the one they called the widow maker. It's when you're, everyone's heard of AFib. Well, there's something called VFib and that's the bottom, the ventricle part of your heart when it goes out of rhythm and that's the one that kills you. So I had to wear this vest and in case my ventricle went out of whack again, it would shock me just like defibrillators in the hospital do. So I wore that for a little over a month. And then I went in for another echocardiogram. And I was really nervous. You know, I was doing pretty good till then. You know, I felt like I was doing good, but you never know. Because I didn't feel bad before I had the heart attack till right before it. So I went in for the echocardiogram, and then right after that, I went to my doctor for the results. They were like right next door, and he came in and he asked me how I how was I feeling, and I said I feel good, but a little nervous about this results. And all of a sudden, he gets this great big smile on his face. He says, "You are doing amazing." He said, "I had to read these results. I went over them with a fine tooth comb three times." looking for something because it was so amazing to me. He said, when you were in here, cause he's the one that had me airlifted to the other hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. He said, when I saw your heart the first time, he said, to be perfectly honest, I didn't think you'd make it through surgery. It was so, your heart was so bad. And now it, it, after this echocardiogram it was showing, it's pumping at 55%. And for my age, 50 to 60% is normal. Okay. Even a young wow. person, nobody does 100. That's how much blood your pump, your heart pumps out. Uh, I just learned all this stuff during this. <laughs> but um, most people, younger people even, you are usually at like 70%. So I'm doing really good. And my doctor was just shocked. He was so amazed. I mean, he had this smile on his face the whole appointment. He just kept saying he couldn't believe it. And he was going to call my surgeon and tell him and blah, blah, blah. So I'm feeling really good. And now I go to um, cardio rehab three times a week. And you do all these different exercises. And the first time I went there, uh, I felt so weak. They had this pulley thing that you do. It's just a, on the wall, there's weights and there's, you pull the ropes with your arms. And she put it at one pound. And I laughed and I said, one pound? Are you kidding? <laughs> so then I did the one pound. And at first, it's fine. And then after like a few seconds, about a minute, because you have to do it for six minutes, about the first, after the first minute, it felt like they were about 10 pounds each. And then after the sixth minute, it felt like they were about a hundred pounds each. 
Are you just holding it static or are you doing reps? You're doing reps. You're doing with your arms, like pulling them one at a time. Oh, I see. I see. And, um, and it was so hard. And everything I did, I just felt like such a weakling. And everybody's always commented about how strong I am, you know, because of how old I am. Yeah. And I felt so weak. But now I'm up to four pounds on each. You know, each arm has a weight. So it's like a total of eight pounds I'm up to now. And I'm up to level three on a lot of the, a lot of the machines and level four on a couple of them. So I'm really progressing good. I mean, that exercise is kind of like uh, it's a lot pulling of up a weight, a weight bag on a, on a pulley system. Yeah. Right. Like, right. But for six minutes straight. Yeah. And then that's kind of a lot, actually. It, it seemed like it at the time, but now it's not. So now I'm up to seven minutes at a time. And you also do the treadmill and a rolling machine and yeah. a recumbent bike and, um, what they call a new step it's kind of like a um elliptical only you're not standing up you're sitting down and doing with your feet and hands you know my dad uh is a former well he's a retired cardiologist so when i was a kid he had a cardiac rehab uh like PT space in his office and I would play on all the machines. Oh, so you're... Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like sitting, the sitting hand bike, I would play with that. I loved how like, if I, you know, this was back in the 90s, like I pedal the, um, the fan bike and it fans and it like shoots air at me. Oh. Like. We don't have that You know that what I'm one. saying? Like they, they have a, like the, the front wheel is a fan. Actually, there's and one of those pedaling. in there, but it doesn't work. I guess it's old. It's just sitting in there. Yeah, I've oh, oh. I mean, I don't know if they use these things anymore, but the, I used to play on this thing constantly yeah. because, because you know, what am I supposed to do? My parents bring me to, you know, air, air quotes, work, so <laughs> because they don't have a babysitter and, you know, I'm playing on these machines. Um, the other thought that I was having is uh, I interviewed my friend Sarah Romanofsky uh, two years ago about her, her injury. She fell off a Lyra. 30 feet. And, um, oh, you fell off a lira like two inches bean. (laughs) (laughs) She's, she's, she's practicing holding onto the bottom and she's like, my hands hurt. I was like, that's what the adults say too. So, um, she fell and she doesn't remember anything after letting go of the lira. And it's just so interesting to me what the brain does yeah because obviously you were conscious you were your eyes were open you were answering questions but you have no recollection it's uh do we is that like your body's mechanism for just um self-preservation that's what i think because um okay i understand that a lot of stuff i went through was very painful so i guess my brain was telling me you don't want to know this Because if you don't remember, you didn't really experience it. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I, that is so interesting. Um, and then. Yeah, I feel really lucky that I don't, didn't experience remember. it. Remember. <laughs> yeah. So is your son always with you during the week? Well, he lives with, night? he lives with me. Oh, okay. So, so that day. You walked up a bunch of steps, you did aerial class, and you didn't have any symptoms before you got home. No. Huh? No. What did you do that day in class? 
Like, was it a hard class? Did it, you was, like... it was silks, and silks are my hardest. Uh, that's yeah, so the most physical. And I felt like I did really good that day. Yeah. So I guess with the heart, it's like if it, that those blockages, it, it, it doesn't really matter what your muscles were doing that day. If your heart's blocked, your heart's blocked. Yeah, correct. I guess, and I guess it can all of a sudden block all at once. Uh, you know, maybe can they're it? working. Oh, the platelets. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess that can kind of, when they get to there, I don't really know how it happens, but. Like as the artery gets full, you know, as the blood is pumping through, yeah. it's not, all it's, of a sudden it, it, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe one little of, clot makes it where it's right. closed for good. <laughs> um, it. Now, my question is now that the, you've gone through this, my like I should ask my dad too, but is there something that we all need to do at a certain age preventatively Eat. To know what's going on with those arteries. Well, you won't Besides really our know. Diet and exercise. You won't really know unless you get something like an echocardiogram, and they don't give you those unless there's a reason for it. So those aren't preventative. So it's not like when you turn seventy, they give you an echocardiogram. No. Just, just as a precaution. I feel like that should be happening yeah it's just not knowing the small things that i know it's not even my doctor you know i had elect you know ekgs you know the regular where the little dot things go up and down yeah and those always came out fine so he had no reason to give me an echocardiogram and um, okay so this is my, this is my plan going forward i'm gonna feign chest pain at around 70 <laughs> to get one done good idea Carolyn, now that you have stents, moving forward, do you know what the protocol is to check? Because my dad, this is the reason I'm asking, my dad got stents put in 10 years ago. And his recent heart attack is because he needed to get one replaced. Hmm. But I feel like that should they should have known it seems like if he was going to his cardiologist regularly, they would they would give have him echocardiograms every so often, every few years or something, I think. I don't really know. And I know yeah, now I there's find out. better drugs that yes. get where the platelets don't stick, and I'm on those right now. And how long will you be on those? I, I think, right, to start with, I was on all kinds of drugs, but now he's taken me off of the... Um, blood pressure because my blood pressure has never been high and it was getting really low but they still wanted it to keep low while I was recovering but I'm off that now and then I also take a water pill and he said next my next visit he'll probably take me off of that but I'm on a statin and a okay what does that do does that keep you retain so you retain water a little bit yeah it makes you where you don't retain water where you don't retain water yeah Oh, yeah. People here take that to lose weight. Yeah. Well, also, when you have heart problems, a lot of times you retain a lot of water and your um, ankles and feet will get real swollen. And I have oh, had I swollen okay. feet before. But um, at that time, it's one of the times I got an EKG. And my regular doctor said it, 
uh, just take the, he gave me some water pills and it went away and didn't come back. So it wasn't an issue. Okay. And your cholesterol beforehand, did you ever have a high cholesterol? It was high, but not real high. It was Super just, high. it was just a little okay. high. So he never put me on any kind of thing. He said it, it wasn't that high. Uh, okay. So I've changed, but I had years of eating really bad and more or less being a couch potato. So in my eyes, it just all caught up with me. But there is something called Gosh. inherited bad cholesterol. Where you, mm. um, so I don't know if that plays into that. Nobody's told me anything about that. But I've completely changed. I quit eating all my junk food. I don't eat any processed food anymore. Well, I shouldn't say none, uh, very little. But like... Um, is, is, is that a hard thing to do? I thought it would be, but it actually hasn't been. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and beans, and I only eat meat maybe once a week. And um, that's usually chicken. And my son makes these really good black bean burgers that I like just as well as hamburgers. <laughs> and uh, I love, you always have the most positive outlook. Um, can I tell you that there's a couple of my guests who are, you know, there's, I have across the board, all types of people, but at least two who are in Cirque du Soleil currently, when I was interviewing them, they said, you know, that one person really inspired me. What was her name? Carolyn Griggs. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're saying is it's kind of scary because it should be, pre the, to me, heart attacks should be, there should be more preventative me measures. There should be. I agree. Now, I never gave it much thought before, but now I agree. <laughs> because, like, if we knew that your heart, your heart, anyone's heart is a ticking time bomb because, like, the artery is closing and closing and closing and you're just going about your day. Right. You know, we get pap smears. We get mammograms. Mm-hmm. And this is not really on the list, and it's not really a part of our something that I, th I think that mammograms and pap smears are something that women are slowly getting conditioned to like really pay attention to and right. like breast exams and stuff. Um, but not this. And I feel like, uh, my dad's recent heart attack was preventable and, and, and yours as well. You know, if you think about it just from a, not even a medical standpoint, but like common sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts? I think it should be too. You can get an echocardiogram. You can ask your doctor to do one. The thing is, unless there's a real reason for it, insurance won't pay for it. Right. So nobody, no doctor asks you, would you want an electrocardiogram? But, <laughs> echo, echocardiogram, I mean. But if you say, I feel like I've had chest pain last couple of weeks. Then gonna... they might do something. Right. I don't know. Right. Um, I think also uh, a friend of mine was telling me because I asked for hormone balance, like, uh, like to get a hormone panel for my doctor. And she's like, no, you don't need one. And she's like, you should have said you believe that you're experiencing perimetopause because then she would have given it to you. Um. So I guess, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, the premenopause symptoms, right? Yeah. 
So I feel like in, in this whole idea of advocating for ourselves, we just have to kind of know these things going in, that the doctors are, they're not really in a position where they're trying to navigate your overall holistic health. Right. They're there to treat what's wrong. Right. And not find out what's wrong if there's no symptoms. Right. Right. So I think we need to just know going forward as a, as a group of like, um, very aware women to go forward and, and advocate and say, okay, I would really like to know my risk of heart for heart attack. How do I need to go about figuring that out? Like now that I've, Oh man, when I got that call, my mom downplayed it so much. She's like, your father called 911 just to little chest pain. Like she downplayed the (laughs) crap out of it because she didn't like, she's got three kids and she, we would all freaked out, of course. And we don't live there and people are going to get on planes and they didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until like he was home from the hospital. He told me he had an actual heart attack, but of course I'm like, you know, a day and a half sitting at home wondering what's happening And I was so afraid, like I was so scared, so scared that I was going to lose my dad that day. Right. And, um, you know, over something that, you know, he obviously had stents before they just, you know, modern medicine is amazing. They, you know, just if they had known that the stent was failing or that it was getting blocked, even with the stent, they would have gone in there and fixed it. And he didn't need to open, open heart surgery. They, they went through his groin or his belly button. Right. Yeah. And they went in and fixed it. Uh, so, yeah, I, it, it was really scary for me. And I'm sure your kids and family felt the same. Oh, yeah. The doctor told my daughter if she wanted to see me again. She better get there. <laughs> oh, my That's God. That's how scary she... it was for her. <laughs> yeah, did she, like, jump on a plane? Like, how far yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah, she jumped on the plane. and She was there when I woke up. So you were obviously happy to see your family, but you were like, okay, what happened? Yeah, yeah. That was my exact thought. Everybody's here. Something bad happened. Like, they're just staring at you, and you're <laughs> and like, oh, my no God. I had no idea what it was. Um, do you have any advice for people out there who are, uh, who are, you know, getting into that age range between 50 and 70 and doing the aerial? Like, what, what are you, what are your thoughts? Well, obviously, eat well, eat nutritionally, and get rid of all the junk, and exercise, but also pay attention to your body. If something doesn't feel right, get it checked out. Because I've always been the type of person, you know, oh, I'll be fine, and, you know, if that would have been a lot lesser of a feeling, I would have thought, I'll be fine in the morning, and I would have gone to bed and wouldn't be here now. But it was such a different feeling for me. I'd never felt anything like it. And I can't really describe what it was because it wasn't pain and it wasn't pressure. It was more like a just a weakness, like I wasn't going to uh, be able to move anymore or something. I don't know. I can't really describe what it was, but it, it was something I had never felt before. And I just knew something was terribly wrong. For me to call 911, it had to be terribly Wrong. Um, it's interesting because I've always assumed that when people have heart attacks, 
like my my dad like was able to talk to my mom like while he was like he he felt like somebody in his case had like like a truck ran over his chest like yeah I always hear that too um but you know when you were having your actual heart attack you were not you don't remember it yeah I was out at that time Oh my God, so much. And they airlifted you because where you live, you live in Nashville, but there are big hospitals there. Yeah, I went to a big hospital and they have a cardiac unit there. But um, the hospital I went to is named Skyline and the other hospital, Centennial, has a unit there at Skyline, a section there. But they do all of their other stuff. And there's other hospitals in Nashville too. It's only about probably 10 miles from the other one, but they wanted me to get there quickly. So they airlifted me. Is that the first time you've been in a helicopter? No, I was in a helicopter once before on a sightseeing thing. <laughs> this one, I didn't see any sights. I don't even remember being in it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and so you're in cardiac rehab three times a week. Um, this is the problem with my dad being a doctor. He believes that he can do it on his own. So he's not yeah. going in. He's just, he's like, oh, he needs to go in. I yeah, actually I enjoy going in. All the other, there's a bunch of other people that are going through the same stuff I am. We all have different stories, but we all have heart attacks. Well, he's kind of complaining and, about the drive because it's like a really big drive, like it's an hour drive to and from. Oh, and I'm just, I'm just like, oh, my dad 10 is. Minutes. Just, yeah, my dad's just <laughs> such a, it's so funny. Like, I, I understand. Like, I'm a, I'm a, fitness person. And, and sometimes I think to myself, I can do my PT myself, but sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't, you know? So, and also somebody's making you do it for, you know, because it's not just knowing the exercises, it's doing them at the repetition that you're supposed to be doing them. Plus you're hooked up to heart machine to, to, um, yeah. uh, So they can see what's going on. Yeah. And so they know, and uh, they check your blood pressure every it, before when you first go in after each machine, and then after that it's every three machines. There are six machines, so they do. It I mean, when you I, come I in need to talk to after him. the third machine and after the last machine, so they check your blood pressure and all that. Yeah, I need to speak to him because I feel like that's not happening. Why would that be happening if he goes to YMCA and does his exercises? Right? <laughs> it's like yeah. not the same. It is not the same at all. Um, right. Well, the other thing that my thoughts are on this, which is not surprising, this is just common sense. If we were, as humans, the same way, like mammograms, you have to get one at 45 now, and Mm -hmm. you have, you know, you're supposed to, the insurance pays for a pap smear every two years now, I believe, for, for women after their period. Like, the amount of money that your insurance that, your heart attack cost, right? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> right. The, Plus all the PT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the echocardiogram I mean, would have been a whole lot cheaper. Right. <laughs> and then a, a stent surgery. Yeah. That would have, those two things would have been a whole lot cheaper than a ambulance, doctor, Airlift, I don't even know how much an airlift costs because I know how ambulances are so expensive. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Do you have a number for me? Well, you know? I saw the bill 
this isn't what the insurance pays though. You know how they have a, they'll send you a bill and your bill was like $5,000, but the insurance only pays like 400 and that's what they agree to. Yeah. Well, the, the airlift bill was $50,000. What? But what the insurance paid was something like, like a thousand dollars. I can't remember something like that. But the original bill was fifty thousand, and I don't know how they get away with that. What is that supposed to just make it look like? We saved so much money. If I didn't have insurance, would it have cost me fifty thousand? Okay, so wait. How much I don't did it know. cost? How much did it cost you? It didn't cost me anything. Okay, so you just know how much it costs the insurance. Yeah, I just saw I just saw the bill where the with the insurance paid. You know how they send you what they <sighs> paid. What? Fifty thousand? I mean, I guess that's not surprising, but whoa. <laughs> that's okay. what I thought. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so then you had the surgery, and you mm -hmm. have how many weeks of three times a week cardiac rehab? I have thirty-six. Session, so that's Sessions. like three months. So, uh, a PT session with a regular PT, not a cardiac PT, is a couple hundred, and then you end up paying, you know, forty or fifty or sixty-five dollars, right? If like with insurance, right? Something like that. Do you have a copay? Well, I don't have a copay, so I'm really lucky. I don't have to pay anything okay. for mine. Okay. So depending on your insurance, like when I went to get my shallow socket in my hip, like PT. I paid $65 per hour and they paid the rest. So maybe my session was 250. Yeah, most people have to most people have to pay about 40, I think. Right. So you multiply that by 36. Mhm. Mm and a lot I'm of not money. sure what Yeah, that's a lot of money <laughs> and I feel like I feel uh, there's a lot of things. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about things. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I have a podcast because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings to share, but, uh, man, an echocardiogram plus a stents, uh, you know, laparoscopic surgery would have been a lot cheaper for the insurance oh, yeah. company would have been a lot less scary for you would have been all better all around. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, 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 it's like the most for America, you know, having, like we don't have great diets because I don't, I don't know. It's a very, that's a very long conversation um, for, for, for our insurance, not to be covering um, preventative care for heart attacks. That's and stroke. That is, um, yeah, exactly. that's bananas. It is. It's crazy. It's crazy. But um, we are so happy that you made it through and you, uh, I saw that on Facebook, you're excited to go back to Ariel when you're, um, when you're allowed to go back to your practice. I'm hoping I can't say for sure, but, um, I'll wait till after summer for sure, because it's way too hot in the tent. I wouldn't do that. I know that would kill me, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> after I finish my cardio rehab, that will be my first question to my doctors. Can I go back to Ariel? Right. And I'm hoping he says yes. I'm allowed to drive now. See, at first I thought I wasn't going to be allowed to drive for six months. They said that that was the law. But I think the okay. doctor that told me that was figuring I was going to need an implanted defibrillator. 
which I didn't need because oh, I, I recovered see. so well. That was a that was the hardest thing about going to rehab at first. I had to get transportation there. And uh, you wait for these medical transports to get you, and sometimes it's an hour before they pick you up. And so then when that ran out, I had to Uber everywhere. The medical yeah, transport only expensive. took me to to um, the rehab. They didn't take me, like if I had to go to the store, any of that stuff, you had to Uber. So, so I was really happy to be able to drive again. And so my next goal was getting back up in the air to Ariel. I love it. And also, thank God for Uber, because at least even though it's pricey, oh, yeah. you, can, you can get a ride and not be completely dependent on your friends and family. Um, yeah. Carolyn, we're so, we're so grateful as a community that you're still with us. And, um, well, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing your story. I feel like it's, when I saw that post, I was like, oh, I hope Carolyn wants to come back on here, because it is, um, like, as a person who's my age in my 40s, I don't think about these things. You know, I never did either, even in my seventies. Yeah. <laughs> and and I feel like I feel like none of us are really um, immune. No, you know. So better to know more, better to understand more, better to advocate for ourselves with our physicians. And even if you think you have a great doctor, you know, for me, I need to say, hey, I think I'm having perimenopause. Give me this test. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, you shouldn't have to convince your doctor to give you preventative care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> going um, clutching your chest. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> totally faking it. But, you know, don't put it past me. I'll do anything. I'll be like, give me this care and give it to me now. Um, all right, Carolyn, we did it. Okay. Well, thank you for having me again. And I would love to come back. After I get back in Ariel and let you know how it's going after I'm back in a while. Oh my God, I would love that. Well, I, I see your <laughs> post, so I'll you know either either reach out to me or when I, when I see that you're back up up in the air, I, I'm very on top of it. Carolyn, you are a warrior. Oh my goodness. Uh, I am just so happy to hear that you're on the mend and that you're doing your rehab and uh, you know, we'll hopefully hear from you again when you've returned back to the air. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, check out the show notes for the links for roll it out. I also have, um, th a two, three part video series, one arrow rehab and one for a beginner to intermediate silks, uh, silks. If you want to learn at home or at your, uh, home studio from me. And, uh, if you would honor me with a five-star rating and a review, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and check out my other podcast, Greener Grass. It is much broader. We talked about, we talk about everything. I also, um, gab with my co-host Kelly about anything and everything. And you know, it's, it's fun when you're, you know, hopefully accompanying you on your walks or laundry or dishes, etc. All right, my friends, uh, have an amazing week. I will see you guys next time over and out. This is Carrie. This is, uh, Expecting Your Podcast. Uh,